This is Sunday School Online with Pastor Lance. In this lesson, we continue to learn about Christian fellowship, tackling these three things. The intention of fellowship, the result of fellowship, and warnings in fellowship. Get your Bibles and notes ready. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us today in our Sunday School lesson. And this is our second half of our lesson from last week entitled Christian Fellowship. And uh, I pray that we can add more to our uh, knowledge and add to our faith as we discover more about uh, the fellowship of believers. Now again, the word fellowship in Greek is koinonia. And it refers to having something in common. And for us believers, what we have in common is Christ, the salvation, the grace that we receive from God. And Christian fellowship, we can say it is a, a, a coming together, a, a, an intimate relationship of like-minded people in Christ. Now, last week, we talked about the, uh, the three areas of Christian fellowship. The first one, the basis for Christian fellowship, the reason for Christian fellowship, and the manner, the way we do Christian fellowship today. And most of us... We do our Christian fellowship via social media uh, in this season of our life. There's nothing wrong with that. and I pray that you are constantly in connection with other believers in the faith. Now, we'll, we, we will tackle three more lessons. The fourth, the fifth, and the sixth one. Intention of fellowship. What was it? What is our intention when, when we do fellowship? What's the result? What can we see? What can we expect? when we have and we do Christian fellowship regularly and there are warnings and fellowship that we must uh, take into consideration. So these three things are, we are, are the things that we are going to talk about this morning. Let's start with the intention of fellowship. And by the way, if you have any questions, just uh, type in underneath your, in the comments area so that we can address your questions and uh, hopefully help you with anything that you're struggling with in this area of our of our topic okay so intention of fellowship when we come together uh, what is our intention uh, there are things that we must consider first is the intention of fellowship is to strengthen one another to make each other strong in the faith paul mentioned in first corinthians 14 12 that so also you since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the, notice, the edification of the church. In the context of coming together in worship, we must use our gifts to strengthen one another. So that's, that's the one purpose why we, God has given us gifts, to continue to strengthen the church, to edify, to build up the church. And so when you come together, uh, have that intention to use your gift as a blessing for someone else whether be it uh, encouragement whether your gifts are of a prayer gifts of you know uh, touch gift of listening whatever that gift may be you can use that to build one another in in the fellowship okay so that's the first one to strengthen the second one is to encourage that's the second intention of fellowship uh, to encourage one another now we go through the battle throughout the week and oftentimes some are discouraged some some probably have lost battles are are going through tough times struggles with their christian walk with their family with their studies at at work or personally deep within 
when we come together, our intention this time is to encourage one another. Notice what Paul said to the Thessalonians. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So Paul is uh, recognizing that Thessalonians are constantly and continually uh, encouraging one another. A lot of us today are in need of encouragement. And perhaps you are in need of encouragement. And so I, I, I advise you and I, I urge you to join the Christian Fellowship because there you would find encouragement. I hope there is no discouragement in the Christian Fellowship. Uh, when we come together and when we go back home, uh, the intention is to, to lift people up, to encourage one another, not to tear each other apart and discourage one another. So that's the second intention. The third is to rejoice and weep with one another. If you notice, most of these intentions are uh, about one another when we apply the one another verses in the scripture. So uh, the third one speaks of rejoicing and uh, weeping together as a family of God. Paul said to, uh, wrote in Romans 12, 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And this is something very uh, recently I have experienced when, of course, if you've heard, uh, my mother died. And it's very difficult to, to visit us in the, during the wake. And so people have been sending uh, text messages, calling us and, you know, mourning with us. And some even really went there physically. So uh, it was a great, great comfort that people were you know, mourning with us as they were they were rejoicing with us in many victories and wonderful celebrations we had with our family. People were also mourning with us. And so uh, this is one intention when we come together in church, whatever it is, uh, we celebrate and we also mourn together. The fourth one is uh, to share experiences for the mutual benefit of all. Now, when we come together, when we fellowship, when we have sharing, when deep sharing, our intention is to share experiences that can also benefit others. No? Not to gossip, but to share experiences that can help others in their Christian walk. Notice what Peter said here in his first letter, First uh, Peter 4.16. He said, However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Why, why, why did they use this verse? Now, you know how Peter denied Jesus Christ uh, three times. That experience of his led him to write these verses that when you suffer as a Christian, back then, uh, we understand that he failed in that instant, fearing that he might be persecuted by the enemy of Christ. He cowered and hid and even denied Jesus. But being welcomed back to the fellowship by Christ, this time he's a new person. He said, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of Christ. But praise God that you bear that name. He's now sharing uh, his experience as, as, as he was walking with God. And it will help us, you know, uh, uh, as a deterrent deterrent that we might not follow the same example so if you 
whatever background you have now that you're in the Lord these are also things that you can use to share so that other people can benefit and see that even bad examples can be good examples for others not to follow okay so don't don't ever think that there's nothing you can share when you come into fellowship no uh, there's so many things that you can share that can be beneficial okay so for the mutual benefit of all that's the fourth one okay now the fifth is to urge the backslider to return to the lord backslider is someone who who is uh kind of momentarily living a a, a life that is uh not following the lord momentarily so when we when when we fellowship with one another it also urge and in, encourage the backslider to return to the Lord that he may remember the wonderful love and care that he once experienced in the fellowship of believers. Notice here in James chapter 5.20. James said, Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Yes, God has ways to bring back a, a wayward to the flock. But often, God used people, people in the church to bring people back into the fold. And that is true through fellowship. Uh, Galatians 6.1, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, notice here, If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you may also be tempted so Paul is encouraging to bring people back or restore them gently to the fellowship of of believers so this this uh, Christian fellowship is also an opportunity to urge those who have uh, gone out of uh, gone cold with their faith to be to be driven back to serving and loving the Lord so uh, you might have that opportunity as you come to fellowship with other believers. The sixth intention of fellowship is to edify a weaker brother in the word. Edify a weaker brother in the word. Now the Bible tells us that a sharp, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So as we fellowship, you know, iron sharpens iron, it's, it's, it's like doing friction. And the same with our life. We need to be rubbing shoulders with each other, with the word, so that uh, one person, one brother can grow in the faith, can be sharpened in the faith. Paul also shared, I mean, uh, Solomon shared this one in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Two are better than one. Uh, no one person can have fellowship with by himself. It needs to be with someone else. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. Notice here. So if a weaker brother falls, the other can lift him up. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. That's sad. That is sad. Now, a lot of people today are by themselves, isolated. They, they, sometimes perhaps you have experience, you've gone to church but you feel all, all by yourself. No, that, that, is not, that is not right. 
when you go to church, when you fellowship with people, you need, you need to understand that we are a family. We are, we are a church. You always have a place within the family of believers. So don't, I pray that no one feels isolated when he goes to church, when he goes to fellowship. I pray that uh, no, one is, uh, no one feels isolated. Okay. Now John 13, 34, uh, where our last uh, intention here is to express love to other believers. So our intention when we come together is to express love, to love one another. Jesus Christ said, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, people would know, people would know that we are Christ's disciples. When we love each other in fellowship, people outside would know, will know that we truly are disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. So those are the, the seven intentions that we must have in, by heart when we come to fellowship. Okay, so uh, it doesn't come from other people. It must come from within us. That when we come together, as, as I mentioned last week, it must be an active participation when we come to fellowship. We must contribute. And in doing that, we must love, we must edify, encourage, lift each other up, uh, restore a brother, help a weaker brother, so that people are growing in the fellowship. Okay? Now, moving forward, what are the results of fellowship? When we do all those things, when we, we accomplish all our intentions in the, within the fellowship, what will be the result? What will be the result? And this is a great encouragement uh, for us and motivation uh, to do Christian fellowship. Number one is we discover how to walk in obedience. We will learn how to walk in obedience. Now, just like uh, being part of the family, as we are growing physically within the family, we are taught how to walk. How? By people helping, by the fathers, the brothers, and the sisters helping the, the baby, their younger brother, their younger sister to walk. And they would learn how to walk. They would see people doing responsibilities at home. And so they would learn these things, how to serve in the home. And the same with uh, the family of God. As we, as we fellowship more with other believers, especially mature believers, growing believers, we discover also how to walk in obedience to the Lord. 1 John 1 verse 7 tells us, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If you are a, a, a young adult, and you just recently went to a, uh, got into a work, and you have questions, how, how can I be a Christian in this environment? And it's good for you to be in the Christian fellowship where others are already ahead of you in a few years in the working environment that are Christian so that you would learn, oh, this is how they do these things. This is how to be a, a good Christian worker at home. Or if you are a young mother or young parents, to be in the couple's fellowship would be a great benefit in your Christian growth. How to raise godly children. How to be a good husband and wife because some of these uh, members of the fellowship are already mature in their faith. If you are a youth trying to discover your way in the world, your purpose, 
being in a Christian fellowship will help you understand and discover also this is how a student Christian, a Christian student rather, you're first now a Christian before anything else, Christian student must must be in school, must be honest, you must not cheat, those kinds of things. Uh, uh, if you're a girl and someone is you know trying to woo you and you are yet a, you is still a youth if you join the christian fellowship you will discover uh, how others more mature than you handle relationships so you will not you know, get hurt broken hearted these kinds of things we discover how to walk in obedience seeing mature believers uh, in action in christian fellowship so uh, this is one of the results here. Another is we learn to serve and suffer together. We learn to serve and suffer together. Paul said, if one part suffers, referring, referring to the church as a body, as an illustration, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So when we, the result of Christian fellowship is we learn to serve and suffer together. Uh, it's difficult to serve when you are by yourself. It's difficult to suffer even more when you are all, all alone. But when you discover that there are people serving together with you, suffering together with you, you will learn to endure more of the difficulties in life. It's very sad when you are when you feel like you're all alone suffering with all the trials and the tribulation and the problems of your life. But when you are with other believers, when you realize that they're going through the same struggle, they, they have been victorious in those uh, struggles, uh, you, you will gain more faith to move forward in our life. And so it's a, this is very important as we as we continue to grow in the faith. No? Uh, Paul even mentioned in 1 Corinthians 3, 3 verse 6, Paul said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God has been making them grow. So uh, there is that collaboration of service. This is my part of service, that's their part of service, but both are important uh, areas in the ministry. So we serve, we learn to serve and suffer together. Okay. The third result of fellowship, when we accomplish all our intentions in fellowship, Christian fellowship, we learn to pray for one another. We learn to pray for one another. Just because we can memorize our Father doesn't mean we are already mature in prayer. We grow in maturity in prayer as we, as we fellowship with one another. Notice here in Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So you're not just praying for yourself. A growing prayer life is, uh, is you know, directed in praying for someone else. That's a more mature type of prayer when we are praying for the provision of others instead of our own. When we are focused on more on other people than ourselves, when we are more selfless in our prayer, these are results. So we are growing more in the maturity in our prayer life. 
we can learn to pray for other other things other than the experiences of our life people have their own troubles experiences and when when we continue to fellowship you've discovered these are areas in in my life that i can also pray as we have fellowship with one another okay so you know, prayer notice james also mentioned prayer therefore confess your sins to each other and pray notice for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective james mentioned here that prayer has something to do with reconciliation prayer has something to do with you know coming back into the fellowship and so uh, when we again grow in the christian fellowship we grow also in our prayer prayer life you would remember a brother who is in need you pray for him okay that's it fourth result of christian fellowship we learn to bear each other's burdens we learn how to bear each other's burdens meaning we we grow in the strength of facing difficulties because we are you know carrying each other's concerns so what does that mean it means that you are not the only one who will carry your own burden somebody will share it with you and vice versa you will have the privilege of helping someone else you know carry their burden you know they said that a a, a burden is the a burden's weight is cut in half the moment you share it with someone you trust isn't that wonderful a burden's weight in your heart who's weighing heavily on you is cut in half the moment you share it with person you trust and imagine in christian fellowship where you are sharing your 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 burden with other believers who cares and who cares for you the weight of that burden is is divided among a lot of people and it's easy to walk towards the Lord uh, it's easy to walk with the Lord knowing that people are there to back you up Galatians 6 verse 2 tells us bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ meaning it's out of love we love by grace we fulfill the law okay are you are you feeling burdened today with something brethren are you you know is there something weighing heavily in your heart or in your mind right now if there is i want you to join our christian fellowship and hopefully we can help you carry that burden with you you don't have to carry it by yourself you don't have to carry it by yourself there are other believers who can you know help you carry those burdens bear those burdens with you okay last one we grow and glow for the lord the the moment we accomplish all those intentions in fellowship everybody grows and everybody glows for the lord it's not just one person trying to beat one other believer up at the top of the christian faith no everybody is lifting each other up to grow and glow for the lord we are to be light in our community each one of us uh, one light after the other when you put all those things together it's a uh, it's a bigger light uh, and if if one light 
uh, one light can you know uh, one candle can help you sustain that the that fire in you but if you're all alone just like a coal taken away from from its kind of group of different coals if you take that away sooner or later it will die out but if you remain in fellowship all the more it will heat and bring more fire uh, together with other believe other believers no? so I pray that uh, you will experience all these things as you continue to f to do Christian fellowship lastly there are warnings in fellowship that we need to uh, have in mind okay so there are three things uh, the Bible has to uh, Bible warns us not to be in fellowship with first is we are not to fellowship with the devil you are not to fellowship with the devil this is not just a warning but it's also a command for all believers Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 20 no I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God I do not want you to be participants with demons and this refers to demonic uh, activities in our life what like witchcraft uh, speaking to the dead, horoscopes, these kinds of things, uh, we are not to attach ourselves or be in fellowship with people who practices these kinds of things. Because when we do, we are opening ourselves, uh, we're opening a door for the devil to easily attack us in our life. So as much as possible, we need to remove ourselves from these demonic uh, activities. Okay, so... If you are if you are associated or do you have a past that are directly uh, into these kinds of things, I pray that you will renounce them to the Lord, that you may cut off any any fellowship, any attachment you have to these demonic practices. Okay. Uh, second one is uh, Christians are not to have fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. And fruitful work of darkness. Paul uh, said to, to the Ephesians, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead, instead expose them. Unfruitful works of darkness are, notice here, instead expose them. There are things that are, uh, that are done in secret because they are shameful. They are, uh, uh, they are sinful and shameful. So, uh, what are these things? Uh, sexual immorality, pornography, debauchery, uh, deceitfulness, drunkenness, uh, debauchery, and the like. Paul mentioned that in, in chapter 5, the works of the flesh. So, these kinds of sinful activities, Paul is saying, we must not have fellowship. These things must not be, uh, we, our names must not be attached to these kinds of uh, evil practices. Not only are they shameful, they are sinful as well. It will destroy your testimony as a believer. It will destroy or hinder your walk or even stop your walk with the Lord. So this is a, a, a strongly a strong warning from the Bible not to be uh, in fellowship, not to be in fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Lastly, the Bible warns us not to have fellowship with unbelievers. Not to have fellowship with unbelievers. 
unbelievers. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6, 14-16, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial, a false god? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? He continues to say, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? We are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And Paul is saying, uh, as an application to this, uh, this can be applied in a marital relationship. Paul is discouraging a believer to have a marital relationship with an unbeliever. Not to marry an unbeliever because you are being unequally yoked. And here, what Paul specifically means is about influence. About influence. He's not suggesting that we are to discriminate other people, no. But we are not to tolerate, we are not to be influenced by unbelievers' acts, unbelievers' uh, you know. Uh, being uh, people being lured by unbelievers we have, we have to be reminded the bible tells us bad company corrupts good character and so if people if there are people who are influencing you to do uh, sinful things you must cut your uh, fellowship with those kinds of people cut your cut your fellowship with those kinds of people and we, you must not be unequally yoked with unbelievers again the Bible is not saying that we are, we, are, we are not to bring people to God. No. We stop bringing people to God because they are unbelievers. No. The Bible is simply saying, don't be influenced by them. And be, be more mature and wise in knowing when, when, when to have boundaries with unbelievers. When to have boundaries with unbelievers. So these are the three uh, warnings of uh, in the Bible uh, in regards to fellowship. You should not be in fellowship with the devil because the devil's intention is to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Do not be in fellowship with the uh, works of darkness and unbelievers. Do not be influenced by unbelievers. Now let me end by uh, sharing to you a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, some Christians try to go to heaven alone, in solitude. But believers are not compared to bears or lions or other animals that wander alone. But those who belong to Christ are sheep in this respect that they love to get together. Do you love to get together? Sheep go in flocks and so do God's people. Are you a sheep of God? Then go with the flock. Have fellowship with the flock. Is the more you have fellowship with God, the more you are drawn closer to people, to the people of God. The more, vice versa, the more you are in fellowship with God's people, the more also you are closer to God. Because God is the very center of Christian fellowship. And so I pray that you will continue to grow and uh, mature in the likeness of Jesus Christ as we rub uh, each other's shoulders in Christian fellowship and grow in maturity. Okay, so that will be our le uh, a closing of this lesson. We will have a different lesson uh, next Sunday, and hopefully you can continue to join us 
as we all together grow in the Lord. So we go close in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to grow uh, in the knowledge of Christian fellowship. I pray, Lord God, that there will be desire in our heart, hunger to, to be in fellowship with other believers, not just to have a conversation, Lord, not just to, to meet each other or to eat together, or but have a deeper uh, sharing of our Christian lives with all the good intentions of growing together, helping each other, and loving one another. And I pray that we will see the result of our Christian fellowship as we grow spiritually and numerically, Lord God, with your blessing. We thank you. We entrust to you the rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. See you once again next week, next Sunday, for another lesson. For more biblical inspirational content, please check out our social media accounts found in the description. Thank you and God bless.